Hi, beautiful souls. Welcome to Humanity Feels. This is a podcast about love, life, and everything in between. Join me on this journey as we dive into spirituality, relationships, and all the things that make us human. Let's feel together. Hi, beautiful souls. Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode. It's going to be a good one. I'm going to be talking about the topic of sexual assault and sexual trauma. And I have a really good friend and fellow coach, Katherine Drysdale. She is going to be sharing her story on this episode and also helping and being there for others who are currently experiencing the same thing or who have experienced the same thing in their past. Catherine is an intuitive life coach certified in Reiki, NLP, EFT, hypnosis, and time techniques. She uses her psychic intuitive abilities to lead her clients on a beautiful healing journey, to connect with their inner child, intuition, sexuality, and higher self. She's passionate and outspoken about mental health awareness, sexual assault awareness, and the importance of using our voices to create change. She believes that speaking up and out is the first step. Her mission is to inspire women to embrace their self-discovery journey to find ultimate self-love and complete empowerment. So with all of that being said, let's give a big warm welcome to Catherine. Hey, pretty lady. Oh my God. Hi. Hi. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you. Oh my God, me too, me too. Thank you for wanting to share your story with us today. Um, you know, this is a topic that is really hard to talk about mm-hmm. and I, I can't wait to break it down with you, honestly. Oh, well, thank you for like giving me the platform and the space to even share this message because I know that so many people need to hear it. I know it's, I mean, just sex in general is a taboo topic, but especially sexual trauma and Mm -hmm. sexual abuse, like no one wants to talk about it, but we have to talk about it to, to fix it. Yeah, exactly. Like it has to be talked about in order for us to heal it and to even begin to understand it, Mm -hmm. you know? So I totally agree with that. Um, And with that being said, I honestly just want to dive right in and just introduce yourself, give us a little bit of your backstory, what you do, all the things, Kat. Fuck yeah. Okay. I assume I can swear on this podcast. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Like, good, because I'm not censoring myself. (laughs) This is what it means to be real, honestly. (laughs) This is... (laughs) <laughs> at its finest <laughs> thank you, you for allowing me to. to be my authentic <laughs> girl this is what we teach Ooh, I mean like we gotta, yeah. we gotta walk the walk oh yeah we gotta walk the walk. Yes. <laughs> yes yes so tell me all the things oh man where to even start well Seriously, I'm like, damn, where do I start? I'm like, do I go back to my childhood trauma? Do I go just the last past couple of years? Um, just start with like, you know, what you do, how you started coaching, and then we'll definitely okay. dive into your story. Okay. That's that how makes sense. That makes sense. Um, yeah. So essentially, my name's Catherine. I am an intuitive life coach. And what I do is I blend my psychic abilities with subconscious tools like NLP. So that's neuro-linguistic programming. 
um, EFT, emotional freedom technique, hypnosis, and a little something called time techniques. And through this work, I'm able to help women heal from trauma. Um, and it's funny, this is really like come full circle. And the whole reason why I got into this work to begin with is because I've experienced a lot of trauma in my past growing mm. up. Um, I struggled with mental health growing up. I struggled with sexual assault. I've struggled with yes. eating disorders, so much stuff health issues like you name it I've probably gone through it and totally even though it was hard um I still pushed through and I had this huge right. like quarter life crisis a few years ago when I was working in entertainment and realized there right. was more to life than movies and that's when the light bulb hit I was like well fuck my purpose is to help women heal through their shit with my own story right. I've done it so I can help people do it because exactly like, I'm an example. I'm walking the walk. Yes. I am a walking testimonial, yes. knowing that it's possible to move through trauma and live your very best, most authentic life. So yes, roundabout yes. way. I love that. <laughs> but yes, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> That's what I do, baby. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I also love that you do all these that, you know, you do NLP, EFT and all these things, because I feel like that's healing on a deep level. Mm -hmm. You know, that's healing at its core mm -hmm. because we can do all the things and, you know, toxic positivity. I mean, like we can get into so much of that and tell ourselves like, yeah, I just, you know, feel the emotion and just heal it. And it's so, so much easier said than done, but then actually putting it into practice and doing these, you know, methods of healing is, is next level, you know, and I, I've tried all of those things. So I completely, I love that you do that. And I love that you use that in your practice as well. Oh, a hundred percent. And yeah, I mean, not to discount like mindset work and like traditional talk therapy and coaching and whatnot, all of this stuff is totally. beneficial and like super helpful because, you know, if it works for you, then that's great, but not everything works for everyone. And that's why it's important mm -hmm. to know that there's other tools out there. There's other methods out there. And especially when it comes to trauma and even releasing limiting beliefs and like emotions that we don't want to hold on to like that's where the subconscious work really helps you out so yeah. much because we only use like five percent of our brain that's our conscious mind is only five percent of our brain so 95 percent mm -hmm. of our brain basically we're not aware of what's going on and like not to relate everything back to trauma, but since it's the topic for today, like our body, yeah. our mind holds on to the trauma. And in most cases, yeah. like people don't remember what happened to them, especially if it happened at a young age, like early childhood or even beyond. A lot of the time, your subconscious mind will block you from remembering the trauma because you don't have the coping, totally. you don't have the skills, you don't have the uh, support that you need to process it and right. handle it and so the whole job of the subconscious mind in general is to keep you safe is to keep you in your comfort zone and so when something like mm -hmm. trauma comes up that's obviously very uncomfortable and a lot of us don't have the support that we need so it's trying to trying uh -huh. to keep it locked up with the key and so where NLP and hypnosis come into play is like this allows you to sort of release the trauma at a subconscious place 
obviously with the support of someone who's like licensed and like has their shit together and can support you with it. Right. Um, but the beauty of using these tools is where talk therapy can sometimes be damaging when talking about trauma with yeah. NLP and hypnosis, your conscious mind doesn't necessarily have to be aware of it. And there are so many tools in place to help with trauma response so that you can release the trauma without reliving it. So that you're I not experiencing that. PTSD. I love that. Yes, girl, you broke that down. <laughs> you broke all of that. Like that's, that's, yeah. that's really great. And that's stuff that we need to mm-hmm. know especially when we're on this journey of healing um, on a deep, deep level like that, we want to be able to know like what is going to work best for me. You know, Mm -hmm. like you said, not everything works for everyone. And you kind of just have to find your path with that and you have to trial and error and see what it is that resonates with you most, what makes you feel most at peace, what actually helps you. So yeah, I love that you broke that down. Thank you for that. Of course, of course. And And it's important to know too that like, You have so much choice in the matter, too, with, like, your own healing journey, whatever that looks like, in regards to, obviously, there's so many tools out there, like, even for trauma specifically or not, like, there's talk therapy, there's coaching, there's Mm -hmm. all these subconscious stuff, there's EMDR, which is really good for PTSD, there's somatic therapy, because our body holds on to trauma, there's all right. sorts of stuff in the spiritual sense. Um, and totally. this also relates to, too, like epigenetics, like our bodies hold on to trauma. I think it's like seven to yeah. 14 generations back. So you could be carrying Ooh. trauma in your body that's physically not even yours, not even from your own lifetime. It could be uh, from past life and also generational trauma. And a lot of us yeah. don't have this awareness that we're holding on shit that's literally not even ours. Exactly. Exactly. And then that keeps going. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not healing that and you're not aware of that, then that just keeps going mm-hmm. generations and generations past. 100%. So, wow. Yes, 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 yes. All of that. All of that is so important. And I love that you broke that down because I didn't even know that, Yeah, you know, seven generations past, like that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's crazy. And honestly, like I, I even did in my own journey with even learning about NLP, I think I first started learning it about a year ago and like, I released Mm. some past life trauma that like made no sense to me. I like remember having nightmares growing up that I drowned on the Titanic before I even knew the Titanic existed. Like I was five years old. I didn't know the movie existed. I didn't know that like this was something that actually happened, but I had a memory, a past traumatic memory Mm. of dying, of drowning on the ship. And I didn't realize that it was a past life memory, past life trauma until doing the NLP and then I was able to release it and it's been a year and I have not had that nightmare since so wow yeah. it's wow 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 I just got chills yeah <laughs> holy crap I'm like whoa yeah girl yeah and the same too goes with like even like generational trauma and it doesn't necessarily have to be um sexual trauma it can be any anything can be trauma or even any just kind. even yeah. beliefs even limiting beliefs that you have or beliefs that people have about like your self-worth or about money like how did you view money growing up so much of the beliefs that we have now as humans and even in our adult life we formed as a child but a lot of that Mm -hmm. is leaking in from the people who were our caretakers and so we have absorbed their beliefs whether they're positive or negative um and that 
cycle Girl, keeps yes. continuing. Preach. And most of the time, our parents didn't even know that they were leaking <laughs> these beliefs to us. And they didn't realize that they got this from their own parents. And who knows how many yes. generations these beliefs have, like, come to be. So, Existence. yeah, it's 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy, but honestly, makes so much sense. <laughs> and it's yeah, like... <laughs> totally. And that's the human experience. You know what I mean? Like, that's exactly what it means to be a human being mm-hmm. is to like just understand, you know, our trauma and where we come from and what we're holding on to mm-hmm. and do our best to just continue healing because it's an ongoing journey. 100%. You know, and you're no matter what you do, it's like you're never going to reach that point of like, yep, I am 100% healed. I am perfect. I am I'm completely whole. <laughs> it's like, no, we're all dealing with our own shit. And that's okay. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like there is no shame in that. And I think with sexual trauma specifically because there is so much shame and guilt around mm-hmm. that, uh people don't even want to dive in. Yeah. You know, it's hard to even look at that. It's hard to even dive in, you know, even in my family line, in my, you know, my mom's side of the family, like there is sexual trauma and it's hard for people to really look at Mm -hmm. that. And so I feel like I'm the one that's kind of in charge of doing a lot of the healing now. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy. (laughs) You know, it's really crazy. It's it's really, it's quite the experience. Mm -hmm. It's quite the experience. And, um, you know, I think it, it does take a lot and it takes a lot of strength to speak up and speak out about this and like you like you've told me in the past you know in order to create change we got to speak out a hundred percent a hundred percent and honestly like props to you for like supporting your mom and like healing her line of sexual trauma too because I know it's not easy work um totally especially when like sometimes I mean we're in the coaching space so like we look at all our own shadows but sometimes it's like painful Uh to look at the shadows that aren't ours and see the pain that like our family has experienced in the past so like props to you for being open and willing to like have those conversations and like help the healing journey um but yeah going to speaking up and out it's funny it's like preparing for this podcast interview I was like looking through um, some past notes I had and a speech that I had um, where I spoke out against uh, sexual assault on the very campus that I was raped. Uh, right. and this was seven years later. So this was about a year and a half ago. And I was reading through the speech and I legit said in this speech that like, you have a voice like this doesn't define you you have a voice but for some reason like I've been even since I gave this speech it was a year and a half ago I had every intention of like speaking out speaking up doing all of these things and I definitely myself my trauma response crept in and I like made myself small because I felt like oh no the world isn't ready for my story or like no one's gonna listen to me my biggest fear here the shadow work that I was working on to even get on this podcast was that I'm afraid that no one's gonna listen so why am I gonna go through all of this effort Uh why am I gonna share my truth and be authentic and share shit that is scary that yeah hurts (laughs) if no one's gonna vulnerability hangover yeah and i was just like well damn well fucking damn (laughs) but like we have to talk about it and it's like yeah we do i we do definitely was like a 10 minute shadow work cycle and I cried and then I released (laughs) and like now we're here and then I did more research on like statistics and this and that and then I was feeling good but it's girl I love it we have to allow ourselves the space to heal 
And like going back to like healing isn't linear. It changes. I've Mm -hmm. processed this. This happened, gosh, when I was uh, 19. And so I've, (laughs) I've done so much therapy. I've done so much self-healing. I've done NLP, hypnosis, all of this. I've done all of the work yet still I was triggered today and like, that's okay. So (laughs) everyone's healing journey is different. Different things can pop up and trigger you at different times, but ultimately like we have to talk about it. We have to speak up. We have to use our voice. And I think the important thing to know too, is that using your voice doesn't have to fall on the survivor, on the victims. This can be people who see things that aren't right (laughs) speaking. Yeah. This can be like your, your friends, your family, like for anyone, if you see something that's not right, if you see something where there's a abuse of power, power dynamic, and Mm -hmm. something doesn't look right, like you are obligated to speak up so much in life, especially in the society, we are afraid, we are like conditioned to be afraid to rock the boat. So we avoid, (laughs) yeah, we avoid like telling someone that they're wrong. We avoid avoid conflict conflict. so much. We care more about self-preservation and like protecting ourselves than we care about like the health and well-being and safety of other people, which like is fucked up. And the progression of humanity. Think about it, you know, like because when we speak out and up about these things, like humanity progresses. And we all win in the end, if that happens, 100%. you know, but if we're all, 100%. Winning, you know, like just self-preserving and afraid of the conflict that comes with something or rocking the boat, it's like, we're not really moving forward, you know, and yeah. you're, you're not doing anything for yourself and you're not doing anything for others. So mm-hmm. in the end, it just doesn't, it doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. And I've experienced that myself, you know, when I'm like afraid of rocking the boat, I'm like, no, I just kind of want to be in this place of like, everything's good. I don't want to say anything and cause conflict because, mm-hmm. you know, I just don't want to, I just don't want to be in anyone's face. And it's like, no, you know, you could say things and be assertive about something and get your point across without necessarily being aggressive and mm-hmm. just letting people know how you feel about a certain topic. And that's okay. Because you, you never know 100%. when you speak up, you never know what you're healing in the other person. Yeah. And that's really important too, just in life. It's like when we speak up and out about things, when we feel confident in expressing ourselves, our emotions, our feelings, Mm -hmm. our thoughts, this can empower other people to do the same because Uh you showing that strength, you showing that courage to speak up against something that you don't agree with. Like that Mm -hmm. is so fucking powerful. That is so fucking powerful. So attractive. And then if by you doing that, that's going to magnetize people towards you who want to do the same thing or just like anything, the more you speak your mind, the more you attract what you want in your life. Like just law of attraction in general. Like we weren't going to talk about manifesting here, but like, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) This is another rabbit hole. Totally. No, I love that. I love that. Cause you're right. When you speak out and you speak up and you tell people what it is that you feel and how, you know, you're releasing that and you're allowing yourself to be seen, to be heard, like you can move mountains mm-hmm. and it's true. It's so true because even, you know, I used to be so terrified of rocking the boat and, you know, I was a massive people pleaser and 
I, you know, started to really change that and shift how I speak up and how I stand up for myself. And that's when things just started to fall in line for me. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And it's like, oh, it's that simple. (laughs) But it's hard to do that. It's hard to do the action. But it's that simple. Like once you actually start doing that, everything really does fall into place. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. In your power. You totally feel in your power. You're magnetic. You attract things. You come off as very attractive to others as well. So there's like so many things that come from that. A hundred percent. And I love that you, you talked about um, feeling afraid to like speak your mind and like the people pleasing because that actually relates to trauma response. Um, which Mm -hmm. like, (laughs) let's get into like the the juiciness of this all, you know, like most, most people think of trauma response as fight, flight or freeze, you know? So fight is like when you fight against, you just get angry, you get aggressive. You're like, let's fight to the death. I think the analogy that a lot of, um, psychologists use is with a bear. So you're walking along, you see this bear here. The, Mm -hmm. the fight one is you're like, okay, fuck you bear. I'm going right. to like hurt you so you don't hurt me. That's the fight exactly. response. The flight is like, oh shit, a bear, let me run away. And right. then the freeze, which is the most closely related to trauma and PTSD is specifically like sexual trauma. Like that's being incapable of moving, especially when there's like disassociation. So a lot of people who mm. experience sexual trauma are actually experiencing an out-of-body experience. They disassociate for self-preservation to protect themselves so that they're not able to like be aware of what's happening and then another response which relates more to like early childhood sexual trauma especially with like family members or people um within your your space is the fawn so and this is one that's like not talked about a lot but this is closely relating to like codependency. This is someone who literally is trying to people please to mm. avoid conflict. So this is mm-hmm. someone who is trying to plead with someone um or like right. let's say with the bear analogy. You see the bear and you're like, "Oh no, please bear, don't do anything to hurt me. Like I will get all of the honey for you from the bees uh-huh. and let me make your bed and do all of this." Like using that same analogy, it's like, that is the type of response. And this closely relates to codependency. This closely relates to early childhood trauma, where an authority figure is the abuser. This is very common with people who have relationships with someone who's a narcissist. And this is very common for people who are empaths. So like Uh you and me, (laughs) this is a very common, yeah, very common (laughs) trauma response. And like, know that like, yeah, it might be like people listening to this might be like, well, oh, fuck, that's me. There's nothing wrong with you if this is your trauma response. This is my trauma response, too. So don't don't think that there is anything wrong with you. The whole point of really understanding this is just create awareness, because the more awareness you have on your own habits, your own behaviors, your own thoughts, like that's when you're able to create change. So knowing that this is your, your trauma response, like now this can transform into like, okay, how does this trauma response play out in my relationships, in my romantic relationships, in my friends, in my family, in the workplace? Do I Mm -hmm. often put other people's needs before my own? Like, Mm. how do I experience anxiety? Like, do I even say what I need, what I feel? 
Do I feel comfortable asking for what I need? Like, these are all things that, like, go into play, avoiding conflicts, like, self-esteem. Am I even aware of my needs? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, do I even know what it is that I need? A hundred percent. And, like, yeah, I mean, honestly, this would be a good place to start with shadow work. Um, So if you want to take a moment and, like, you know, journal out your answers to these questions. Again, and the whole purpose is creating awareness here. And the more awareness you have, like the more you're able to create more conscious decisions on like changing the habits into habits that you'd like to have instead. And I think it's important to know too that like trauma response closely relates to your coping mechanisms and how you set boundaries in all of your relationships. And Mm. often it's like our coping mechanisms, like a lot of us think of them as like healthy versus like toxic. Um, But I think with any coping mechanism, it's important to know that like you are always doing the very best you can with the tools and the skills that you have, period. So if your coping is to binge drink or watch Netflix eat. for right. yeah, 48 eat hours, eat ice cream, like 10 tons right. of it. Like I've been there, done that. I've done literally yeah. all of the above. Um, uh-huh. Like exactly. it's okay. You're doing the best you can with the skills that you have in that given time. So like be right. kind to yourself. Be compassionate. Like the, yeah. Yes. Like the purpose isn't to judge. The purpose is to create awareness. And like when you create this awareness, especially with your coping, it's like, okay, what coping would I like to have instead? Or even creating more awareness around like your triggers, like, okay, what's an event that happened? Or what's the context of the event that made me feel this way that made me feel triggered? Like, how can I give myself time and space to respond instead of react, so that I'm not resorting to this coping that I don't want? Um, mm-hmm. and know that like, like everything healing's a process. It takes time. Like I'm not right. fully healed. I still will yeah. sometimes like drink or binge eat or, you know, have sex with random strangers. And like, that's, right. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> right. But that's the thing is that you're aware of that, you know yeah. what I mean? And that like, when you cult, like you said, when you cultivate awareness around that, it's so much easier to have self-compassion and it's so much easier to shift mm-hmm. the things that we want to change. Mm-hmm. You know, and that we're just like, okay, I'm aware that I'm doing this and it's okay. There are days where, you know, it is what it is and this is what I'm feeling. And as long as I can be aware of what's happening, what my experience is, what I'm feeling in my body, then I can really move forward and progress. A hundred percent. So I love that. And I love that you said that because that's a perfect shadow work prompt right there. Yeah. You know, it's like that, that self-awareness yeah. and having self-compassion. Totally. And just for anyone listening to like, you don't have to be someone who's experienced like sexual trauma or any sort of trauma to do shadow work. Like anyone, yeah. literally anyone could do shadow work. Anyone can benefit yes. from answering these questions. And I think it's important to also reframe like how we view trauma in general, like because yeah. everyone experiences things differently. And so what m- might be trauma to you might not be trauma to someone else. And like, that's okay. Like one person's trauma could be like their mom losing them in a grocery store. And that might be the most traumatic thing that has happened in their life, but that's mm-hmm. their truth. And that's okay. And we don't discount someone's truth. We don't discount yes. someone's experience. No, because everyone's valid. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yep. Everyone's mm-hmm. experience is totally specific. It's totally individual and it's totally valid. Mm-hmm. So it's very important. That's really important because, 
yeah, I think, you know, that's one of the things is we always want to know, like, how can trauma be defined, Mm -hmm. you know, but I love that you put that because everyone experiences different levels of trauma and in different forms and they're all just as valid like there's not one that's like oh my trauma is bigger than yours (laughs) you know what I mean it's like oh mine is worse than yours it's like that's relative you know what I mean like everyone has their own level of of pain when it comes to that a hundred percent and like this relates to I feel like even um, attachment theory, you know, like how we received love as a child, how we attach in certain relationships, like through adulthood, this can also be like relating to mental health in general. Like so often I feel like when people like myself included are experiencing Mm -hmm. like depression or anxiety, like a lot of the times, like this negative thought loop cycle continues because we think like why am I having such a hard time like why am I so depressed why am I so sad other people have it worse than me so then you feel worse about yourself that you're feeling so shitty yes exactly but like it doesn't matter if other people are having it quote quote worse than you like we're all having our own individual experiences and no one is better or worse than the other like it is yours so it's yeah. like, how can and you own valid. that experience? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And va- like everyone's experience is so valid. And it's like, how can you own that experience and like learn to heal and process it? Like, exactly, exactly. And feel it, you know, sit with it feel and feel it and, and acknowledge what's coming up. Acknowledge, get to uh, know yourself more, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. For sure. For sure. That's so important. And there's, you know, there's so much that goes into that. There's so much that Mm -hmm. goes into like trauma itself and sexual trauma Mm -hmm. is just one brand. (laughs) You know what I mean? But there's just so many different types and so much that like it goes deep with that. Um, But I love that you have like broken all of that down. That's like, that's really important to hear. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I could literally go on for hours. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I'm like, what, what psychology theories relate to this and how can you do this and this and this? Like literally like this is my, oh my life's God, work amazing. for anyone listening. Like I could literally talk to you for hours. I could probably teach an entire like week long seminar about this. <laughs> I'll be there. So like, um, I'm ready. I'm ready for my Ted talk. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Girl, yes. Tell the universe. Let the universe know. The universe manifests how humanity feels right now. Yes. 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 <laughs> oh my God. I love you. You're great. I love you. I love oh, you. You're amazing. Yes. Aww. Oh my God. All of that information is so needed. And thank you. Thank you for sharing all of that. Um, so many valuable things and and resources that you gave us. But I definitely want to know about your story because yeah. that has been feeling like please tell me <laughs> okay I'm like I need to take off my jacket for this <laughs> yeah that I, I really want to dive into your story yeah. because I just feel like you know when when we can relate to others especially on such a deep vulnerable level um, I think that that's where true healing begins because everyone wants to feel heard everyone wants to feel seen and that's like a basic human need. So yeah, I'm just super excited for you to share. Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you for giving me the Holding space to so share. Much space for you right oh, now. Thank you. I <laughs> so appreciate you, and I feel all of the love and the warm fuzzies. Yes. <sighs> okay, let's get into it. 
Like, where to even start? I'm definitely gonna cry through this. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. This is the, like this is what it's for. It's yeah. totally fine. Yeah. No, Just, I'm you know I'm here to okay. be raw and vulnerable. So, yeah, exactly. And we're all holding space for you. So. Yeah. So, yeah, where to even begin? I mean, so basically, set the scene here. So this happened when I was 19. So I was a sophomore in college. Um, I, at the time, like, you know, I was, I was one of those party girls. I would go out all the time. I loved to drink. I loved to party. Mm -hmm. And like, I want to preface this, that I was like very sexually explorative too, as a teenager. Um, I had a lot of sex with a lot of people. Um, so much like I just was a very open and like fluid person and so I magnetized stuff that like didn't always feel good um Mm, but I didn't put the pieces together until much later but this story is different (laughs) than those other stories right Um, right and so what happened here was essentially so I was a sophomore in college I was living on campus there was this like party bus type situation that I signed up to go to with one of my roommates that took us to a bar or a club in Hollywood and like at the time I had my fake ID um Mm. so I got in there was booze like in the party bus like everything was like super illegal but you know like in college party on party life you (laughs) know fake ID whatever (laughs) wearing like a bodycon skirt and like some whatever top and I went with my roommate one of my one of my three roommates and so you know you always buddy system because you think like okay nothing's gonna happen to me if I if I have a friend well totally so everything was fun I had a good time I just got like really drunk and I blacked out I think I started blacking out while still in the club like I had Mm -hmm. you know have you ever had those like brownout moments where like Mm -hmm. you forget like a few minutes or maybe even like an hour or so but then you come back into it like you're not fully gone but you're not fully there either like you just remember bits and pieces Mm -hmm. yeah so that was like one of those nights and so like I don't remember leaving the club but I do know I was in the party bus on the way back um, I don't remember even getting back to campus. Um, wow. but when I regained consciousness, like I mm-hmm. was on some random couch, um, <gasps> in some wow. random apartment with two men on top of me. Um, and like, <sighs> this is where it's going to start getting emotional, but like, it was totally and like back to talking about like the disassociation like I was so out of my body like I it's like it's like you're in a bad dream like you're in a nightmare and you just can't wake up and like your eyes are open and you just want it to be over but it's not and like I couldn't even process what was going on and like I don't even think like the sad part is is that I don't even think I said no because I think I just was so out of body I just was so disconnected and I had no idea and like this went on for like there was so so much fear I was just like okay what the fuck like where am I like what's going on 
who are these people is this a dream is this a dream like it just was crazy and it was like on some random couch on campus and like what's even crazier is that like I started crying. I did start crying. I remember I was crying. And I think I eventually started saying, like, stop, no, get off of me. But, like, very faintly. Um, I wasn't, like, the strong, boisterous person that I normally am. Because, like, in that moment, like, I was – that was my freeze response. I didn't know. I thought, like, okay, if I just, like, lay here like a fish, then maybe it will stop sooner that yeah. maybe they'll and you also be didn't know what they would do if you said no if you fought no, back no so idea no yeah, idea and like most people think of like rape and sexual assault as like one person but yeah. this is two this is two men on right. top of me like I like there was nothing I could do there right. was nothing I could do to stop them and like totally. what's crazy too is like I started crying and like I pleaded for them Uh to stop and like what's even sadder and like this is why it's so important to like speak up when you see something that's wrong is like one of their roommates came out into the room and saw what was happening and then just went back into their room oh no like no no one stopped it no one stopped it and so like I tried to not remember like the full details I do remember finally they were done with me um I had to plead to ask for my underwear back um because they wanted to keep it as a trophy and that's that's something that's very common actually with sexual abusers is they want to keep a trophy from um their victims which is like super fucked up but like I pleaded with them I like tried to regain my composure I put my underwear back on I just held my shoes I realized okay I'm on campus at least I'm on campus at least I have my phone Um, and I walked like barefoot back to my dorm and luckily my two other roommates were there and I told them like what happened and I was just like yeah like I don't remember what happened but all of a sudden I was there and these two men were on top of me and like I just like it feels really icky feels really gross like I don't think I wanted it I don't like And, like, what's crazy is, like, I was seeing someone at the time. So even though I was a very, like, sexually expressive person, like, that's not something I would have sought out in that situation. And, like, luckily, these two um, roommates of mine, like, they were so nice. They held space for me. And, you know, they were like, Catherine, it sounds like you were raped. And it's, like, yeah. that's when, like, the trauma response kicked back in again. And it was, like, back to the disassociation. Like, oh, mm-hmm. fuck, is this really rape? Am I one of those people? Yep. Am I one of the people to, yeah. now that that yes. happens to? And it's, like, what did I do to deserve this? Like, what action uh-huh. could I have taken that could have prevented this from happening? And you start to gaslight yourself. Oh, like, 100%. Is that really it? Maybe I'm I like, say yes? Yeah. Maybe it's my fault? A hundred percent. Yeah. I was, like, I don't know, like. You know, I always, like, find myself in risky situations yeah. anyways. Like, maybe Making I did want it. And, yeah. like, point blank, like, if you're unconscious, you can't consent, period. And yeah. that's what I think a lot of people don't understand. Yeah. And that definitely yeah. is not something that's taught on college campuses when, obviously, mm-hmm. there's underage drinking and, obviously, there's a lot of sex, too. And Absolutely. it's so important to know that, like, yeah. If you're drinking, if you're unconscious, you can't consent. And it's important to recognize, too, like, 
if someone is down or not, like even, you know, like there's so many ways that you can give consent. Verbal consent is very important. Nonverbal consent is very important. Like body language. Um, and like, I feel like a lot of times, like most victims and survivors, like myself included, like feel like, okay, well maybe I was asking for it with what I was wearing or I shouldn't have been out drinking or Mm -hmm. what was I saying? Like they probably thought that I wanted it. So maybe I did. And that's because I give them the green light. Yeah. And that's because society like blames the victim. Society blames the victim into literally submission. So even most people don't say anything. Most people don't speak up because they they're afraid of the trauma even being worse worse than the actual trauma they carry the guilt around it and so like I luckily like I had really really supportive friends I had two one one that I actually both of them I'm I'm still friends with now one is actually an art therapist so yeah (laughs) full circle here um (laughs) but like I'm like yeah we're both in the mental health space like it's chill um (laughs) but I'm so (laughs) I'm so glad I had their support because like without them like I would have never reported it like had I not had someone to tell what happened to like I would have never done anything and they even like were like Catherine no like you should report it like we're here for you yeah yeah 100% if it were up to me I definitely would not have and they were like Catherine like it's not just for you it's for the other people like the campus needs to know like women need to know like what happened so that this doesn't happen to them so it's almost like this internal like obligation kicked in like I need to save other women from this pain so Uh, it's like I have to show up and I have to do it even though it's scary and it's like I what's so sad and so fucked up it's like the trauma like experiencing rape and sexual assault is already traumatic enough but then the whole process of reporting it is awful (laughs) it is fucking awful and it's like honestly sometimes I feel like that was worse than the actual rape and I'm not even kidding like that that has left me and like now I'm actually starting to cry yeah because like it's so hurtful and it's so damaging and like I reported it It I reported it to campus safety then they had someone from like the rape treatment center come out I went over there. They did the whole rape kit. They swabbed me. Um, they found DNA of both of them. Neither of them wore condoms. I had vaginal tears. They gave me all oh of God. these drugs to make sure I didn't get HIV contracted. Oh my like God. they weren't wearing condoms, so I could have gotten pregnant. I could have all of these things like Absolutely. that you don't think of <laughs> when, when something Absolutely. like this happens to you. So it's like I went through all the motions. I did all the right things. Like I reported it to LAPD. Both of them were arrested and were detained for 24 hours. But guess what? They were fucking released. (laughs) They were fucking released after 24 hours. Um, I even went to go speak to the district attorney. And she told me, she was like, I believe you. And I'm so sorry. But... I don't think it's worth it for you to prosecute because it's not going to go in your favor. And there's so much evidence against you. What the actual fuck? Like what the actual fuck? 
that's yeah. painful to hear. That's, painful. Tra- that's traumatic in itself. Painful. That is traumatic in itself. Painful. Of like, no, it's okay. You're not valid. And it's just, just like, and it's so shitty. And she was like, there's nothing. Like, she's like, I know it's not your fault. But so what, like, makes the situation, like, shitty and, like, why I had to, like, you know, um, share that I'm a sexually, like, explicit person is, like, so apparently while I was blocked out, like, in the party bus coming back, like, I was giving lap dances to guys in this, in this party bus. And so they assumed that I was down just because I was doing that. But that action does not equate wanting sex, especially when I'm not coherent. Right. Right. And like, that's what a lot of women I feel like struggle with is like, okay, no, I was down at one point, but then I changed my mind. Mm -hmm. And you're able to do that. You're able to do that. Um, What was like worse with this situation too, is like all of these guys were part of the same frat. So they all were banding together. So they all had all of this quote, quote evidence against me. So when I was pursuing it, I was like, okay, fine. I'm not going to prosecute, but let me at least pursue it on campus. Let me find protections. Like, let me get a stay away order and um, do all of this, do all of that. Like one of the kids was like the son of the Dean of the business school. So obviously everything is super political. Nothing happened. And the school oh straight goodness. up told me it's not rape. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And you see, that right there is traumatic. That And and that's why I'm saying it's, like, almost like the aftermath was more traumatic than the actual rape. Because it's, like, at literally every fucking step, I was trying to do everything right. I was trying right. to. And you were invalidated. I was invalidated at every step. I did not have any support that I needed as part of, like, this whole process. Like, I was forced to see on-campus yeah. psychologists who was a man, mind you. And I'm like, how is that a good idea with someone who just experienced sexual trauma from two men? Like, not a good idea. He re-triggered me so much. Um, And like, yeah, it just was bad. And then tried to tell me that I was an alcoholic and this and that. Like, it was just so bad. And then to make matters worse, like, the next semester, like, luckily, I also, like, I had my two good friends that were supportive. I did not have mental health support. I did not have the support from my school, but I did have a really good, like, academic advisor who, like, she guided me through this whole experience. She was so good. Like, without her, I don't know where I could have gone because, like, I didn't even, like, tell my parents at the time. Like, it just, it was so isolating. Like, I felt like I couldn't talk about it. And, like, the next semester, Um, I literally, I've never taken a psychology class to this day. Like obviously now after, um, after graduating undergrad, um, I'm literally in this work now, but it's like, I wanted to take psychology in college and I couldn't because the very first Mm. day my rapist, one of my rapists, uh, showed up in class 20 minutes late. Um, and I was just sitting there the whole time, like, what the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck I need to get out of here. But you know, again, my yeah response kicked in and I just couldn't and I was like if I get up then what are other people gonna think about me what is the teacher gonna think like I cared more about what other people's experience was than my own Uh that's Uh yeah the freeze and the fawn coming in like I was just like fuck I need to get the fuck out of here so as soon as like class was over I darted I fucking ran like and I went to my teacher and like guess who was booted from the class I was not him (gasps) oh no yeah no 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 yeah 
yeah, I was oh, booted girl, from the I'm class. That for you. It just, it was so incredibly frustrating. It's like, not only did they tell me my experience was invalid, but you're not really able, triggering. you're not able to take yeah. the classes that you want. And I also like, didn't feel safe in my own dorm because like one night, I ended up seeing one of them like in the study room on my floor as I was like throwing out the trash. And it's like that violated the stay away order and like nothing was done about it. So I felt so alone. I was bullied on campus. Yeah. I was bullied by all the guys in the frat. I was bullied by other people who just were on campus. Like I was a fucking social pariah and I felt alone. And there was nothing I could do about it. And, like, I was so upset that I just, like, my only response, like, was, like, well, fuck. Maybe I'm not meant to deal with this. Maybe I'm not meant to process it. Let me just try to forget, like, this ever happened to me. So I did Mm. my very best to compartmentalize it, to put it in a little box at the back of my brain and forget about it. Because I wanted to have a college experience. And I was afraid that if I told my dad, he would pull me out of school. I knew that was going to be his response was, okay, like this happened to you. Fuck this school. They're terrible. Of course. Let's get you out of here. But I was like, no. And like, that makes sense. You know, that's the typical response from a parent who like cares about you, especially a father. Like, okay, my daughter was like abused by someone. Like, no, we're not going to leave her in a place that like didn't keep her safe. Yeah. Yeah. But like and that no one fought for her. No one fought know? for so me. I had to that. be my own advocate. Yeah. And like, granted, at that time, like this was I was 19. So how long ago was this? Um, 2012. So at the time, too, like it's important to know, like the climate was much different than it is now. Like Absolutely. back then, I remember even seeing like emails from our own public safety, you know, like the alerts that go out that say like, okay, reported sexual assault. But then there was no follow-up or even cases at bigger schools than mine, like UCLA, USC, um, there were big reports and like sometimes it'd have to be really bad for something to happen or for the kid to be expelled or it it ended up being always very like political, this person or this one or like an athlete or someone who is at Stanford or this and that. And so like, Uh I you know, just, it wasn't the right time to say something because I kept trying to say something and no one would hear me. Right. Yeah. Oh, you were not being seen. You weren't being heard. Yeah. Holy crap. You were not being validated. No. Like that's all really painful. It's so painful. And it like, it's funny, you know, it, that adds to the, the whole experience. It does completely. And it makes sense why like literally right before we hopped on this call, is like that fucking um, mindset loop crept back in. Like, okay, like I'm, I'm not being seen. I'm not yeah. being heard. Like, why share my voice if no one's gonna hear me? But like, what's different now is like I've grown. I have the courage to speak up. I have the courage to like share my oh. story because I know that like speaking about it, like this is what creates change. And like, I'll be honest, I was so fucking angry after I compartmentalized it. Like, I was re-triggered. Um, by I don't know if you remember the Brock Turner case from Stanford. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh-huh. That's right. that honestly. That's when I was re-triggered from this. So it's like I did a pretty good job of compartmentalizing it through the rest of college and beyond. And this was in right. my first job. I was working in entertainment. I was um, doing digital publicity, and 
It was a toxic work environment. Um, so perfect fucking storm, perfect storm. And then that happened and seeing all of these, oh, all no. of these articles everywhere. <laughs> and then I watched the show 13 Reasons Why. And I knew oh, it no. was about suicide and depression, but I didn't know it was about rape too. And like seeing yeah. that on screen, I, for some reason, like I saw the trigger warning and I was thinking like, okay, maybe this will be helpful. Maybe this will help me heal and bring it full circle. No. <laughs> it was the yeah. fucking Yeah, sometimes opposite. it's important to note like this might not be the time for me to dive into that. Yeah. That's also super yeah. important. Like sometimes it'll help and sometimes it won't. Yeah. So it really depends. And for me, yeah. it yeah, it did not help. That was like the beginning of the end. Um and not like the end of my life, but like obviously I'm still here, but like that was the beginning of my fucking I had a complete mental breakdown. Like I had right. to leave work. Um, I quit my job. I first went on a medical dark night of the yeah, soul. Yeah, total, total <laughs> yeah. dark night of the soul. Like quarter life yeah. crisis, like times ten. Like I was struggling right. with my mental health. I was suicidal. Like I rock was bottom. Even yeah, total rock bottom. Mm-hmm. And like I was even considering mm-hmm. with my therapist, like doing inpatient treatment because I was seeing her three times a week and I still was not feeling okay. Like I legit some days were like, I don't want to be here anymore. And this is coming from someone who like did attempt suicide when I was 13. Like I'd been there before, but this felt different. This felt like I couldn't get out. And so like, I'm so lucky that I had a therapist who was able to help me process and heal through this. Um, And I fucking love her. And through her, like she helped me, realized like that I want I even wanted to get in this work um but it's so important too because like finally for once I had the support that I needed that I wish they had when it happened but I didn't know because no one was advocating for me and so for anyone who's gone through like a similar experience know that support is out there it just might take a little time to find the right support you might have to dig yes. a little deeper. You might have to find yes. the right practitioner, the right therapist, the right coach. Like with anything, it's, it's like a relationship. Definitely. You have to make sure it's a good fit. You have to make sure that the person is going to support you in the way that you need. And know that it's okay if they're right. not. Know that there's nothing yeah. wrong with you Definitely. if the person, the first person that you go to like isn't able to give you the support that you need. Like, because we're Definitely. all we're all individuals. We have different needs. Um and, and different journeys different mm-hmm. so different journeys but yeah man that yeah. was a that honestly it, it was wow. like going through it all over again and this was like five wow. and a half years later I literally quit my job was literally fighting for my life I was focusing on my mental health my physical health and like that's all I could do like I legit could not do anything else and then through that process wow. like going to therapy three times a week. Um, I started going back to school for digital marketing. Like when I was there, I, there was this class on um, <laughs> literally how to become an influencer because I thought I was going to make my dog <laughs> Instagram famous. And no, seriously, <laughs> Cleo. yeah, I was trying to make Cleo Instagram famous. I was like growing her Instagram and all this. And the first night of class, like they said, like there's a difference between having influence and having impact. And like, that was the fucking light bulb that I needed. I legit felt so purposeless before that moment. And I was like, fuck, okay. Like this is why I'm here. Like, this is why I've gone through so much struggle, so much trauma, so many Mm -hmm. challenges because like I am meant to number one, overcome them. 
And number two, yep. help people do the same because you don't have oh. to do it alone. You don't have to have a journey like mine. Like I right. isolated myself because like I felt like I didn't have the support that I needed. So that was my coping. Totally. Totally. But like totally. you don't have to wow. make my same choices. You get to have support. Exactly. You get to have support with your healing, exactly. whatever journey that exactly. you're on. Oh my god. But yeah, man. Oh my god. <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> Full I, fucking circle. I'm like honestly, no, I'm speechless because wow, you are a powerful human being. Mm, and thank you. You are such a light. And yeah, you're you are here to make such a difference. And just by sharing your story, you are doing so much for others. No. You're you you've done so much for me. You Aww. know what I mean? And it's like, holy crap. Like, I am honestly blown away that you are even you even have the strength to talk so openly about this stuff. you know that's hard enough as is that's really difficult and I just want to say like you're you're amazing Aww. so thank you thank you for doing that and thank you for sharing it with with the audience and like I said we're all here Aww. for you you know and I'm here holding space for you always Aww, thank you and of course like you saying <laughs> this is like giving me more feels than like even talking about all of this <laughs> Because, you know, it's like, cancer it's, moon, right? It, yeah, it's <laughs> cancer moon. But, you know, it's like, that's, that's what we all need. We need, like, validation and support in our experience. So, like, you even being Absolutely. able to hold space and, like, tell me that, like, that to me, like, that's what I needed back then. That's what I wish that I had. Yeah. So, like, thank you so much. Absolutely. And, like, that oh I guess God. not technically a child because like I was an adult but it's like you know the inner child version that past version of me like is like feeling really like happy feeling very like validated in this Aww. moment in this experience so like thank you and like oh damn I'm I so in my feelings I love you <laughs> I love you <laughs> same <laughs> oh no <laughs> oh my god thank you yeah. that like honestly you are you're here to make change to make a difference and it shows it truly shows and I'm just so proud of you so Aww. thank you thank you thank you for all that you do and for everything that you just said for all the advice that you were able to give to everyone as well that is super super helpful and I definitely want to ask you do you know any good resources that you can give um to people that are experiencing this, have experienced this and want to just, you know, start their healing journey. Yeah. I definitely share some. Yeah. If you have any, I would say honestly, the top two resources, um, cause you know, everyone lives in a different place. Um, but I would say rain. So it's R A I N N. So double N, uh, rain, okay. I think.org it is. And that's going to be your best okay. resource to go to. There's a website. There's also a hotline. Um, let me, like mm. I wrote it down here. It's 1-800-656-HOPE. Um, and that's going to okay. be your resource. You're going to be able to find like all the rape treatment centers. You're going to be able to find support groups. You're going to be able to find like nonprofits, right. um, therapists who deal with trauma, all sorts of stuff. Like that's going to be honestly, I think the best resource to get started and there's a way to search your location so that you can filter based on your state or whatnot. And then there's also the national domestic violence hotline too. Um, okay. And that's 1-800-799-7233. Um, and that's, you know, for anyone experiencing domestic violence, I think it's important to realize too that like most uh, sexual assault and sexual violence actually happens within relationships and within partnerships. 
um, which most of us don't realize. Um, And so Mm -hmm. being in a relationship doesn't necessarily mean that you're immune to this happening. Uh, because that's actually Absolutely. where it's the most common um, is partner abuse. Absolutely. Absolutely. Perfect. Thank you for sharing that. That's definitely important and so needed. Thanks so much, love. And please share with us like where we could find you, your Instagram handles, and any offers that you have right now with your podcast. Yeah. Um, so best way to find me is on Instagram, I'm at live authentically now. Um, it's the same handle for Facebook and YouTube. And then on TikTok, I share a lot of bite sized stuff. It's at live authentically. Great. No, now though, because for some reason it wasn't available. <laughs> Don't come at me. <laughs> I tried. Um, <laughs> and website is uh, live authentically now.com. Um, And the offers I have right now is I'm actually promoting, I have this self-discovery workshop called Discover You starting on Mm, December 7th. And it's a three-part workshop series where we do a deep dive on exploring your sexuality, your spirituality, and yourself. So like if you're someone who's experienced sexual trauma or even just like want to get to know more about your own sexuality understand your desires, what you enjoy, create Mm self-pleasure within yourself. Cause a lot of women like are so afraid of even like masturbating or knowing what you like and you you desire, like this is going to be good for you. We're going to talk all about like a lot of so much shame around that. And so it's like, my goal is to like help women feel liberated. So create awareness within yourself and create liberation, whether that's within your sexuality whether that's in exploring your spirituality or just within all aspects of yourself. Like we touched on shadow work earlier in this episode and we're going to be doing a lot of that. We're going to be doing inner child healing. We're going to be connecting to like your higher self. I'm going to help you be in tune with your intuition and really um, awaken like your psychic abilities because we all have them. We're just not always like willing to receive them. They're yeah, always they're dormant, dormant but yeah. Them. So, <laughs> yeah. This, honestly, this workshop literally, this is what I wish that I had years ago. And I just wanted oh to create God. a community where women can feel like comfortable and safe to explore these parts of themselves. Like, it's a no judgment zone. Absolutely. You're just here literally to understand Absolutely. like what you like and what you don't and just create more awareness in your life and this is gonna right. more, com- and more absolutely and yeah ultimately and like you know? creating yeah. this awareness and the confidence helps you find clarity in who you are and eventually like the whole path like uh-huh. leads you to your authentic self so the more awareness you have around all of this yep. the more you can embody the person you're actually meant to be and like that is literally the yep. whole purpose yep. of this whole workshop with my whole brand, everything that I'm trying to do is to help you come back to you or maybe even discover yourself for the first time. Beautiful. Beautiful. So beautifully said. I love that part. Oh, Catherine, you are amazing. I love (laughs) you. Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. I love you too. Thank you so much for being on today. And I can't wait to do another episode with you, honestly. (laughs) I'm already thinking about the next one. I'm excited. (laughs) 
I'm literally already like I have like 50 yeah. tabs open in my head. So one the other one tab is like, huh? Yeah, honestly, I was happen. like, I was thinking, oh, like we could talk about like kink and BDSM and this and that, and I'm like, yeah, that definitely could be a whole nother episode. Same with like manifesting, like ooh, orgasmic manifesting. If anyone oh. wants to know info, like at me, like I got you. <laughs> 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 I love it thanks so much of Boo, course for thank everything. you so much for having me this was such a good talk and like thank you for holding the space yes. like ugh, I love you I appreciate you so much yes I appreciate you thanks for your vulnerability your strength oh. and your openness and your honesty and we will yeah. definitely ah. talk soon <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please share this with someone you love and don't forget to subscribe. If you're interested in coaching with me, find me on Instagram at the Yasmin Elsmore to book a session or follow my personal page for daily inspiration. Love always, humanity feels.